This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Thursday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. Hockey is here. How great was last night? I mean, we haven't had hockey in such a long time, and and the games I thought were very entertaining. And I am not going to get caught up in one game, even in a 56-game schedule. You don't want to get caught up in one game. But there were some very interesting things that went down last night that kind of fall into my predictions for the season. And I don't think Pittsburgh is a playoff team. You score the first goal yesterday. You got an amazing goal from Sidney Crosby. If you haven't seen the highlights, you know, bad job out there. And Carter Hart's going to learn this when he gets a little bit older and more mature, that when you've got Crosby near you, don't do anything stupid like trying to clear the puck on your own. Crosby bats it out of the air, fires it into the empty net. Uh, so Pittsburgh had their moments early, but Philadelphia was just a better team last night. And, and I think overall... You, you saw the flaws in Pittsburgh that I think are going to keep them out of the playoffs, especially under this format where you really don't have much wiggle room, right? Um, they just don't, I don't think, have the goaltending or the defense, especially when you're going up against high-powered teams like Philadelphia. So, again, I don't want to get crazy with one game, but I was not surprised by that result. And that's why I had bet uh, the Flyers at minus a goal and a half, and I didn't even need the empty net for that. They covered easily with the 6-3 win. I, the other thing that I found last night is that that Canadian division is going to be very, very entertaining because I, outside of Ottawa, which is clearly a weaker team, although they will be improved with better goaltending with Matt Murray, all those games are going to be thrilling. All those games are going to be exciting. And you saw it with Toronto and Montreal last night. Canadians blew a 3-1 lead, but you just saw... Toronto's not a great team by any stretch. I think they will win that division, but they're going to outscore their opponents, which is going to be a problem in the playoffs, but in the regular season, they have the ability to do that. They've got world-class players, and even a good goaltender like Carey Price can only do so much. So the fact that Toronto came back from 3-1 down was not surprising. I thought the 3-on-3 was very entertaining, but you couple that with the 5-3 win with Vancouver over Edmonton, you realize when those teams get together, even Calgary... Uh, Winnipeg it's going to be so much offense so much entertainment Uh, the only problem with that division again is the crisscrossing of travel that the other divisions don't have to worry about as much especially the east but it's very entertaining the rivalries you're going to get Edmonton Calgary 10 times I mean it's just it's, it's spectacular it really is and it's going to be a lot of fun so really both those te- those games Coming out of the Canadian division, not a surprise. We're both very, very entertaining. And I will say this about Vancouver. Uh, they were a pretty good team last year. And this is nothing against Markstrom, who also had a good year. But if Braden Holpe can bounce back, he is a Stanley Cup caliber goaltender. And, and that is really going to make Vancouver, I think, a threat there. You know, Besser had a great game last night. You know, JT Miller, once he's healthy, is going to be a major contributor because he can do so many great things. I think Vancouver is in, in, in pretty good shape. And as far as the other games are concerned, um, listen, Chicago's not very good, so I don't want to overrate Tampa. But Tampa is so well run and so deep that they can lose a Kucherov and it not affect them as much. Remember, this team won a Stanley Cup essentially without Steven Stamkos. And then Stamkos comes back and he puts up a, a big a big night with a goal and two assists. So um, it stinks that Kucherov is out of the lineup. But let's not forget, in sports, coaching is so important. And 
even though John Cooper sometimes can be a bit much, okay, because he's a lawyer and, and, he, and sometimes there's lawyer and coach speak, which to me is a, a pretty bad combination when it comes to communicating his concern. He's a heck of a coach. He really is. And so when you put that kind of talent, that kind of experience, and that kind of coaching together in a division that's eminently winnable for Tampa, uh, you're not going to be surprised. You're going to see a lot of nights like you saw last night with a 5-1 win over Chicago. And St. Louis, I thought, made a statement, right? Everybody's high on Colorado, including me. Uh, but St. Louis wants to remind everybody that they still are a team to beat in this conference, okay? And they're only going to get better when Tarasenko comes back and when they're able to have Hoffman healthy. So uh, St. Louis is a very, very dangerous team, and I thought that was a nice statement. They give up the early goal, and they bounce back with four unanswered and two to put it away in the third period. So a, a, a good win there. Um, tonight, we got a bunch of games, and that's there's 11, including the one game that we're not counting because of the postponement with the Stars and the Panthers. And, and we discussed that, um, if you remember, with um, EJ back on Wednesday is the, the issues, uh, or, or Tuesday, the issues with the COVID. And, and you're going to have to kind of get used to seeing more and more of those types of things, which kind of stinks, is that you're going to see postponements, and that's going to really uh, be a problem. But taking a look at the games here uh, from our New York listeners, Rangers, Islanders, so special. Uh, they're going to play uh, the first two games of the season with both of them being at Madison Square Garden. It's hard to really explain home ice advantage when there are no fans in the stands. But, yeah, if you're the Rangers, you want to take advantage of the games that you do have at home. Zbanejad is going to be in the lineup. Igor Shostorkin your starting goaltender. Uh, Varlamov is going to go for the Islanders, so that should be a fun matchup. Uh, Devils and Bruins, uh, Capitals and Sabres. You know, the Sabres are an improved team. Uh, let, let's not forget that Buffalo is a better team than they were last year. They were able to make some acquisitions uh, to be at least a better team than we've seen in recent years. But I just don't know. In that division, it's going to be just so, so difficult, I think, for you to be able to put together uh, a playoff team. But that, that should be an interesting game. Hurricanes and the Red Wings... Again, Detroit's just not very good. you got to win those types of games. I'm really interested to see both the Blue Jackets and the Predators. I'm not really sure. I'm on the fence about both those teams, and they're both playing each other. Flames, Jets, Canucks, Oilers again. That should be a, a good time. Sharks and Coyotes. Sharks could be improved for sure. I think the Coyotes can be as well. Vegas seems to be the team to beat in the Western Conference, many people believe, going up against an improved Duck team. Wild and Kings. So there's a lot of really, really Good games uh, tonight on the docket. Um, a couple of other observations before we get to your tweets. Uh, at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct is the way that you get in touch with me. Um, not that disturbed by the lack of fans, because uh, it really looks a lot like it did in the hub, if you remember. Because um, two of the games last night that you saw were both in the hub cities, in Toronto and Edmonton. Uh, so it didn't seem that jarring to me. I think the NHL has done a good job, and, and NBC especially, uh, and Sportsnet up in Canada to uh, make it aesthetically pleasing where it just didn't seem to be that jarring. But really, what we saw in the hub is what we're going to see here early in the season. So it wasn't a problem uh, at all. And, and, I, and I thought that they let them play for the most part. I didn't see a lot 
uh, of crazy craziness as far as that was concerned. And we did see a fight, you know, Wayne Simmons dropping the gloves in his debut in Toronto. So I think it's going to be very high paced. Uh, there is rustiness, obviously, because training camps were so short, but it kind of calls out the players, right? Because the players always complain about the length of training camp. So maybe they're happy about it. And maybe the energy that they were able to save up by not having a long training camp showed in the games last night. So a little bit of rust, but I thought the energy was great. A lot of goals, which is always good for this league. So with, with a lot more games tonight, uh, we can can assess it tomorrow i'll come back with a podcast tomorrow uh to kind of assess the games to see if the offense continues to click uh, but if you are a better like i am and i use bet mgm i think the over is where you can really uh find a, a lot of value if you're if you're betting on these nhl games because at least early on it seems like the goals they are a plenty let's hear from you at don lagreca hashtag game misconduct steve says when will the rangers finally announce a captain I'm I'm not sure, and I'm a hope we were supposed to talk to John Davidson on the Michael K show yesterday, but the Harden deal kind of blew that up, so we had to move JD to another day. Uh, they they announced the alternate captains, and, and really no surprise there. Um, that's got to emerge. Uh, it seems like it's less important than it was back in the day. I'm not sure why that is. We see a lot of teams without captains. But I think they've got some very difficult decisions to make because there's a few guys on the Rangers that can lead, but the two biggest candidates are Zabanajad and Kreider. And to me, I've always leaned towards Kreider, and I've said this on the podcast before, because doing the pre and post for the Rangers, it seems like the first guy, especially now with Hank gone, to talk in that room is Kreider, win or lose. You know, like Zabanajad talks a lot in the post game because he's one of the best players and he usually had a great game. But Kreider is interesting because even in losses, even in games where Kreider didn't contribute offensively, he seems like he's the first guy to talk. And if you go back a couple of years ago when he had that really bad injury that kind of threatened his career, he's been a little bit of a different player as far as leadership concerned. I would vote for Kreider, but you got to let that room decide. And, and maybe that's something that will eventually mature uh, into place. Remember, you couldn't go with Kreider last year because he wasn't under contract, but now he's under contract. Zabanajad, Panarin, they're all kind of in place, although I don't think Panarin's a candidate um, because there is a language barrier there. But between those two, Truba is somebody that could probably throw his hat in the ring, although he hasn't been here that long. But to me, I would go uh, with Kreider. Neil says, I just wanted to say a massive thank you for bringing back the pod. I live in the UK and we are in strict lockdown, but your show brings me a lot of joy. I'm most excited about the Sabres this year. Can they finally make the jump to make the playoffs? Well, my easy answer is no, just because of the format of the division. If this were normal circumstances where the top eight go, then I would think definitely the Sabres can be improved and be better because I think they're going to score goals. But to be one of the top four teams when you're in a division with the Islanders, with the Capitals, with the Flyers, with the Boston Bruins, that's going to be very difficult. And playing these teams eight times is going to be very difficult. Now, if you're in the other division where you get to play Ottawa a bunch of times, Detroit a bunch of times, bit of a different story. So I don't think it's going to be their year this year, although I do think they'll be entertaining and more improved. David says, hey, Don, glad to see the podcast back and running. During its absence... Uh, that I downloaded TMKS daily during the pandemic and listened daily on walks. I lost 20-some-odd pounds and got me through the sports dry spell. Thought you deserve a thanks for the hard work. Well, congratulations, David, on losing the weight. And hopefully with the podcast being back and uh, 
you can continue your walks, but uh, it stinks. The pandemic is still not near over, and it seems like it's getting worse. I, ha- I hate that phrase. I hated it when we had to deal with it in March and April. It's going to get a lot worse before it gets better, but it seems like we're in that stage. But the, with the vaccine now out, even though it might be a trickle, it's still out that we are going to get to better days. So, hey, I'll be here for you. And I do apologize to all the people that listened to this podcast religiously 10 months ago. It was my intention to try to keep it together during the pandemic, but uh, I, I think I mentioned it then, but just in case you didn't hear it, that we were really scaled down to a skeleton staff back at ESPN, and RJ Santillo, who was the producer at the time, was juggling a lot of different things, and I didn't want this to be one of them. Um, now things are a little bit better as far as um, people to help out, and Anthony is doing a great job, um, but listen it, it's 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 hard uh, during this time so that's why we had to shut it down and it killed me not doing it during the playoffs last year but but we are back all right jim white says welcome back don so good to hear you and ej back and helped us feel a little normal can the bruins survive the departure of uh, tory krug offensive defenseman and chara older but still effective and a great leader well that's going to be you have to see now you've got guys like carlo you've got guys like mcavoy uh that can pick up the slack but yeah those are losses i mean krug gave you a ton of minutes char even though he's 107 years old uh he he took up a lot of room and still had a pretty good shot and uh was able to defend and i think he's going to help out in washington but we're going to see you know tuka rask has been a little injury prone here but you still have a great offensive team still exceptionally well coached and i still think that they are a playoff team uh calvin says game misconduct hey done watching the games yesterday do you believe that goaltending will hurt teams like colorado and edmonton all season due to not having quality netminders and which draft pick from last season do you see having the biggest impact on their team well it's still a little early to tell the impact and the camp was so small usually when you get a longer camp and preseason games you can kind of come up with a little bit of an idea but certainly when you take a look at what lafaniere and the opportunity he's gotten with the rangers is going to be able to be a contributor um uh, just quickly, his name is escaping me. I'm going to take a quick look at it now because I was watching the game last night. Vancouver had a second-round pick uh, from 2019 that had a chance to play yesterday, and that's uh, Hoglander, um, Nils Hoglander, who he, he seemed like he had a great camp and is you know jumped right into the opening day roster for the Vancouver Canucks. Those are the two guys that kind of pop uh, into my head that I think can have an impact. The Rangers are going to need Lafaniere because the reason I say that is because last year, we talked about this with EJ the other day, last year you got tremendous seasons from Panarin and Zabanaja. Tremendous. And if there were no pandemic, there'd be no postseason. And even in the qualifying round, they got swept by Carolina and those guys were shut down. So even in the best of circumstances, they're going to need secondary and tertiary scoring. And they've got to hope that Kako's second year is better than his first and Lafaniere can jump right in and contribute. That could be a lot to ask, but I think um, I think they're going to have to do it in order for them to be a playoff team. And I, and I think Shosturkin is going to be an x-factor there as well uh let's go to tony he says um formerly forever th all right how about that welcome back so two questions for you one what do you think of keeping the divisions full-time but adding a seattle to the all canadian division once the season begins next year two who do you think wins the north i think the oilers break through and take it well not based on what i saw last night uh i still think toronto is the class Although Montreal, I think, is going to be a lot better. I like what Montreal did during the course of the offseason. 
But I'd like to see Calgary a little bit more. I'd like to see Vancouver a little bit more, but I'm still picking Toronto to take that division. Maybe you're not saying that because you don't want to jinx it. Here, here's my situation with the Oilers. I was thinking a lot about it watching the game. And again, I don't want to put too much into one game. They are loaded with talent. Oh, by the way, those, those uniforms have to go. But um, they're loaded with talent. And I like Dave Tippett as a coach. I do. But something's missing there. Something just doesn't seem to be right. That team should be better than they are. So why am I supposed to believe they're going to break through? And yes, the goaltending's not great, but they should be able to supply more offense than they do. I mean, Connor David's one of, if not the best players in the league. Leon Dreisaitl is right behind him. Nugent Hopkins is a very good player. I don't know why they have not been able to be a better team. Uh, again, we could talk about, listen, Clefbaum's hurt, Bears okay on the blue line, Nurse, you know what you get from him, uh, but you'd like to see them uh, put it together. So I don't think it's going to be either the Oilers really break through. Now, as far as these divisions moving forward, no, uh, because it's just unfair. It's, uh, it's unfair that, that the Eastern and Western teams, I guess Winnipeg, it doesn't matter because they're right in the middle. That's just too much travel to do um, because you're still going to have to play within your division more than you outside. So even under a regular 82-game schedule where you play you know, teams outside of your division, you're still going to be asking Montreal, just for the sake of arguing, having to take two western trips now that used to be the case back in the 21 team league but you're the only team that's doing that you know rangers islanders and devils are not gonna have to worry about making two trips out out west um but montreal would so i i I understand where you're coming from it's fun um i would not mind once seattle comes in that we kind of maybe refigure the divisions a little bit maybe that's a conversation we can have later on in the season but i i don't think it would be fair to have toronto uh montreal ottawa uh, having to have that much travel during the course of the season. Adam says, what are your expectations for Jack Hughes and Capo Kako in their sophomore seasons? Well, I have a lot more confidence that Kako is going to take the jump because I, I saw some things. Hughes didn't – again, the range. The Devils are not a great team right now. They're in full-blown rebuild. I think Lindy Ruff will get more out of his players this season. Um, but I probably have a little bit more faith in Kako. He's on a better team, gets to play with better players. Um, but I th- I'm very interested to see Hughes and whether he can make the jump because I wasn't thrilled with what I saw on a consistent basis last year. Jason says, not a question. You just wanted to laugh at the Penguins because they thought Matt Murray was the problem. Again, it's just one game. But but you're right. There's a lot of other issues there for sure uh, for Pittsburgh. Because, again, people think I'm jumping Pittsburgh as a Ranger guy. I'm not. I, I'm, I'm, it has nothing to do with bias or hatred for the Penguins because I don't hate the Penguins. I'm just telling you what I see. Wasn't it revealing to you from Pittsburgh's standpoint, that the year before last, out in the first round, getting swept by the Islanders. And then last year, in the qualifying round, they lost in four to Montreal. This team's won one playoff game in two years. All right? And they're just not the same team. And I think they're going to trade Latang. So, uh, and and you, you talk to a lot of people, they think Sullivan might be the first to go. And I think Sullivan's a terrific coach. But that there's a good chance that there are going to be major changes there as well. Uh, Ryan says, Don, glad the pod is back. Looking forward to a great season. What are your thoughts on the Pierre-Luc Dubois situation? Would love for the Rangers to acquire someone like that. They need a center behind Zibby. What do you think a package could look like? Well, I'd love him too. I think he's a terrific, terrific player. Um, Columbus does a great job with their players, don't they? You see them actually excelling in other places. Um, you look at what Anderson's doing now, and then I think Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to be a, a tremendous player. 
what does a package look like? Because when you talk about extra parts, like what are what are extra parts the Rangers have? I mean, could Libor Hayek as a spare defenseman didn't have a great camp, but if Columbus believed in him, you figure Libor Hayek, a good young defenseman, would have to be in a package like that. You're talking about draft picks. You're talking about uh, guys that are in the minor leagues. That's what it's going to take. Is really what can they afford to give up on their current roster? What can they? You know, you're not giving up Miller because they're really high on him, right? Um, D'Angelo, is that someone that maybe because of some of the political things I really don't want to get into, and uh, but I, I guess I'll get into it. Is he more of a fit it, it getting traded to a, uh, a red state out of a blue state? You know, I, I don't know. Does it help? Um, but th- that's what you're talking about because I think he is a very, very special player. And I know um, Giancarlo also wants to ask about him, and I know there are rumors there, but th- that that's the starting point because I think he's a really, really – a good player that I, I think would be perfect uh, for the Rangers. Well, we got to get going. Uh, we want—I want to thank everybody that tweeted. A lot of people got their tweets out. If I did not get to them today, we will try to get to them tomorrow. So the pod is back. Just a reminder: the way it always is, you can tweet at me at Don Lagreca all the time, really. But if you want anything read on the podcast, the easier way for me to be able to find it is hashtag Game Misconduct. So if you do that, then I can just punch up and, and, and just read them off to you. So we got a lot of games to recap coming up tomorrow, kind of preview the weekend. It's nice. The NHL is back, and I'm really looking forward to it. So this is the place to be for all of your podcast needs. Game is conduct. Make sure you subscribe, and I will always retweet it out if you don't go out to iTunes or whatever. And again, thanks to Anthony Pusick today for the hard work. We will talk to you again tomorrow. This was the Thursday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.